When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, it is now time for our favorite segment of the show. It is the listener mailbag. So we're going to jump over to Twitter here in just a second uh, where we've got a couple of your questions stored up about this football team. But before we do that, we got to talk about our wonderful partner here at Boomer Jacks, which, Brian, I know you and I are very excited. We, we got to get out there. We got to do a broadcast out there because Boomer Jacks is one of our favorite spots. No, Boomer Jacks has been outstanding to us in a long time, just, uh, you know, great group to go out and hang out with all the TVs out there. You know, if you're coming in for games, you know, great opportunity. If you're in town early, you know, go watch your Saturday games. You know, college football really heating up right now. You know, we got NHLs coming up, NBA's coming up, a lot of opportunities to go to Boomer Jacks, enjoy the food, enjoy the camaraderie. The staff is super nice to us out there. They'll be super nice to you as well, Bobby. Yeah, they are one of the – I got to tell you, their, their staff is always really on top of things. It's not one of these places where you feel like you're getting ignored and you're sitting there for 30 minutes going, where's our where's our server? Where have they been? Uh, Boomer Jacks is on top of it. Like Brian said, wall-to-wall TVs, live music, and they have the best wing deals going on right now. On Tuesdays, it's half-price traditional wings, bone-in wings. On Wednesday, it's half-price boneless wings. That's when Peyton Russell, our producer, is up there because he's all about – uh, those boneless wings, you know, e- eating those sauced chicken nuggets, which are, are great at Boomer Jacks. I, I, I used to troll Peyton about it a little bit, but then I actually had the boneless wings, which I've always been, you know, less than a fan of. And Boomer Jacks does them right. And so I've become a big fan. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours at boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, let's uh, jump into some of these questions here from the listeners. First question here from Stevie. He says, do you think this is actually a good matchup for the Cowboys? The Rams don't commit to the run, and their pass rush hasn't gotten home against opponents. I think that I, I could absolutely see them winning this game. I personally, I, I don't know about you, Brian. I've got the Rams winning this one 27-20 um, because I just think that there's an, a the desperate team theory you talked about earlier, and they're a really talented football team. But I wouldn't be stunned if Dallas won this football game. No, I wouldn't be stunned either. Uh, Rams 26, Dallas 23. I, I, I'm a big believer in that. I think the Rams have their uh, – their backs to the wall. They're really their season. If you look at, it. I know it's very early, but all of a sudden, you know, you know, they got just smashed by the the Bills. They got smashed, you know, by uh, San Francisco. I mean, I think there's some doubt creeping into that team. You know, they've got to find a way to get a victory. The Cowboys have done a great job of of weathering the storm and not being, you know, zero and four right now with the way they're playing. But yeah, I, I I think the Rams are going to try and run the football. Like I told you in the earlier segment. Uh, I, I just if if I'm the advanced scout watching the Cowboys, I am telling Sean McVay, you've got to try and run the ball. They do not play the perimeter runs all that well. Look at the numbers. The numbers will tell you that. Look at your eyes. Your eyes will tell you that. Yeah, they did a better job last week in the second half of the game against the Commanders. But I would definitely test the Cowboys running the football, and I would test the Cowboys if they could defend the screen. That's something that the, the Commanders were able to show a little bit, and that's a good way of chopping. Uh, Parsons on the outside. We talked about that and have to deal with people around his knees. You know, teams watch this tape, Bobby. You know that they're yeah. going to try. They're going to test you in this game. 
Uh, it's funny you mentioned that that screen game. Next question here from Christopher Davis. How do the Cowboys shore up the outside edges in the run and screen game? I know tackling, but the corners and secondary is big, but uh, won't having J. Ron Curse back help out? It will help, and it's about reading. It's about reacting. It's about the corners coming up. You know, if that ball's thrown and they're in, they're in, and the, what the Rams like to do is that bunch formation. They put three wide receivers out there. They'll actually put you know Tyler Higby out there, who I would treat as a wide receiver the way he plays. You know, they're going to put blockers out there in front, and you got to you got to sort through the mess, and you got to go get the football. The 49ers had a pick six off a screen play. You know, same type of situation. I think it was Hafunga that had it for the 49ers. You know, they just stepped up and made a play. You've got to drive on the ball like that. When you, if you tackle the screen well and you keep them to one or two yards or a negative play, then they're not going to throw screens. But you've got to take them out of one. If they have success, they're going to keep throwing them at you until you stop them. I think that that's pretty dead on. And Jaron Curse obviously is just such a big help. And I think with the development of Donovan Wilson and what you've seen here, uh, that'll be able to help a lot as well. Uh, next question here from Thomas. He's saying, if you had to bet, what game will Dak be back? I, I think, you know, Philly is the one that felt like all along would be the first real opportunity for them. Um, I think he's going to try his damnedest to get back for that game. I think that'll be, and I think that's a game where they really could use Dak Prescott back. Um, I'll lean slightly and, and guess that one being 50-50, but I don't feel great about it. I'll say maybe he plays there, but but I think he's back at least by the Lions game. I think it's going to be the Lions game myself because what's happening, if I needed Dak Prescott throwing in practice, you know, I needed to hear whispers, you know, Bobby Belt sources are telling him that Dak Prescott threw in, in a little bit in team period. We've yet to hear about Dak Prescott throwing the football. And now right. we're, we're at the end of the week. And so all of a sudden, magically, grip strength's going to improve and all that. You know, we'll see. I think it's going to be another week of working on this. I think you're probably going to have Cooper Rush uh, playing this week against the Rams and then probably playing next week against Philly. I would be surprised if all of a sudden Dak's doing a better job, it seems, of now, like trying to hold the football, trying to do things, you know. We, we don't get to watch all practice, Bob, and you, you know that. That's just what you do out there. But to me, I would have probably heard some whispers about him throwing and looking good. Uh, Lions seem like a very much a, a game you need to at least start to think about him being back. Yeah, Dak was out there on the resistance cords on Thursday. So last week we talked about when he was doing those, uh, those scoops for your calves and your hamstring, those stretches that they do. He was doing that with a football in his hand. Um, yesterday he was out on the resistance cords holding a football in his right hand as he just was, you know, doing things. So... I mean, he's at least trying to get comfortable with the ball in his hand. He's holding it there. He's not doing anything yet. He's not throwing it. Um, but Dak Prescott's at least trying to get comfortable with, all right, let's get the ball in my hand again here. And and look, we've mentioned it already. It's it's tearing that guy up that he's not on the football field. And I, and I don't think, I don't want anybody to hear that and mistake it for like, oh, jealousy that Cooper Rush is doing. That He's just a competitive guy. He's happy his football team's winning. But that can be a lonely feeling for, for the, these guys. When they're injured, and and the team's winning and they feel kind of isolated from it and that they're not part of contributing to that, that can eat it, guys. And, and Dak Prescott being as competitive as he is, I think that, that this has been a tough, tough couple weeks for him. Well, Dak's also experienced the fact that he went through that with Tony Romo. Yeah. And he saw what happened to Tony Romo, and he doesn't want to be Tony Romo in the way of not being with his teammates and being around and trying to be a part of this. 
And you're right. It, it, it has to. Dak's super competitive. But, yeah, you know, they're in a situation right now. You know, go out and win the Rams game and go out and win the Philadelphia game. All of a sudden, Dak Prescott's going to be looked at in a different light. Then the fans are already – I know, Bobby, you do post-game show with us on, you know, uh, there for the Cowboys. Yep. And, you know, I asked fans, all being healthy, you know, the, the ones that called in, all being healthy, who do you play between Dak and Cooper if all things are healthy and everything's going the right way? To a man, they've all said, you know, keep going with Rush. Keep going with Rush. So this town is very much about what have you done for me lately. And, you know, Dak has been on the positive side of that, and he's also now been on the negative side of it as well. Next question here from Joe. Please review the play of Leighton Vander Esch. Seems to me like the Cowboys should give Jabril Cox a chance. I think Leighton Vander Esch has been fine. Um, yeah, I, I do I, too. I, I don't. I don't think that he's been a big problem. I think, like we mentioned earlier, I think Anthony Barr's been a bigger issue. But what about this idea about getting, uh, you know, getting Jabril Cox on the field? Uh, I mean, he's healthy at this point. I, I guess he's just not doing enough for them to want to put him out there. Does he I think, yeah, I think, I think he's behind. I think that I think they missed, uh, you know, I know there's some training camp practices and stuff like that. I mean, I don't think they just feel totally comfortable. Uh, you know, we need to check on the, you know, how really truly healthy he is. I know they're not going to put a, a hurt player out there to play, but I wonder if there's been some things that some packages and stuff that he's missed out on that they're just not comfortable putting him in. You know, and uh, that, that's that's the best. I mean, I, I, I need to ask about that, because to me, if it's not health, it's like, OK, what are we picking up in the classroom? Are we not comfortable? Yeah. You know, they moved on from Amari Cooper for a reason. They talk about availability, but they moved on from Amari Cooper because he didn't practice. You know, that was I mean, when you're a coach and you're calling plays, you're calling defenses or whatever you're doing. And you're calling plays with the, in mind of, okay, Amari, go run this route. Oh, wait a minute. We didn't practice this route with him. You know, that that coaches have that kind of concern. They're more willing to play with guys that go out there and practice and have an understanding every single day than they are a guy that they think might know what's going on. Jabril Cox was a guy who, coming out of LSU, his MO was coverage. And, now, and he struggled against the run at times. Is it possible that they look at it as – putting him on the field doesn't make us any better. We're not struggling in coverage. We're struggling, you know, in the run game, and, and he's not going to make that any better. That's a fair point. You know, and to go back to Leighton Vanderish, and I'm not apologizing for Leighton Vanderish, but, you know, and I'm not going to act like I know every scheme that's played or every responsibility. I do watch the All-22. I, I think a lot of people do. But what you watch is you see, it looks like to me, okay, defensive tackle responsible for the A, Vanderish responsible for the B, defensive end responsible for the C gaps, and then you got force players. Okay, A gap, not a factor, ball's going to the outside. B gap, all of a sudden Vanderish is trying to deal with that. Okay, now he's dealing with C gap who all of a sudden defensive end is blocked into the B gap, and now he's having to run the hump a little bit, and now he's trying to fight a defensive end that's got hooked, that's responsible for the C gap, and now, oh, wait, there's a corner that's playing wide and it keeps giving ground and not forcing. You know, yeah. that's all you need to do. If you've got to force player to force the ball back to Van Der Esch, you're going to have a – but the gap that he's having to run, the C-gap's getting, the C, the C getting taken 
and you got a wide corner, and he's playing B, so he's trying to play his assignment in the B gap, and he can't get all the way out to the C gap because he's playing his assignment in the B. So there's a lot going on. You, you can watch it. You could just watch it, how it happens, and they're just not getting the force. They're not getting a strong edge, and they're not getting a force player. And now maybe that will change with, with Van Der Esch and Curse and Wilson all on the field. You got three guys that can that can surely you know, play the point of attack and, and keep that ball from getting outside. Question here from uh, at Everyday Cowboys: Should we be more worried about how quiet Chauncey Golston has been since changing positions? Golston's still playing outside and inside. He's doing yeah. a little both. Um, I think he actually played a little more outside this week against Washington than he had in the first three games. Um, Look, he's not making a bunch of splash plays, but again, I don't think he's been. I think he's far from your biggest problem on the off or on the defensive line right now. He's not a splash player. That, no. that, he's just not. He's not the. He doesn't have first step quickness. He's a long, rangy, defensive end type of a player, but he doesn't have that ability uh, to. To you know, that's one of the reasons why. I mean, he is like a version of Tank on that left side without the quickness. Because he can play the run. You watched him at Iowa. It was hard running on the edge of him. Now, maybe you could play him at right end. You know, maybe you think about, but, you know, but you're not going to get the pass rush. You're not going to get that edge player that if you have Armstrong over there or Fowler, that's that's the problem. You, what are you going to sacrifice? You sacrifice uh, pass rush or run defense. You know, yeah. right now they're sacrificing run defense is what they're doing but to make sure they get the pass rush. Yeah. Last question here from Tony. Should Micah Parsons be in coverage more this game than rushing the passers? Because I'm having nightmares about Cooper Cup. Um, I don't know that I'd have Micah on Cooper Cup. Uh, I I mean, look, Micah's Micah's, Micah covered Terry McLaurin this week on the snap and the snap. Did a good job. Sure did. Uh, I, I might be. I might be more willing to to have Micah Parsons playing the run this week and the screen game and things like that. But in terms of on Cup, I don't know that I'd want that. No, that's going to – again, Cup's going to get 14 catches. Just get ready. If he doesn't get 14 catches, the Cowboys probably going to win this football game. Is it, is it like the, the old Michael Jordan theory? Like let Michael Jordan score He's six gonna, and top everybody else? Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Him, got to make sure him – well, he's going to make his plays in this game. No question. Because he does it against everybody. It good, bad. He does it against everybody. They, but you know, they also scored nine points with him getting 14 receptions the other day. So yeah. that that's your hope. Don't let Tyler Big uh Higby kill you in this thing. Don't let Robinson kill you in this game. You know? But and I, I don't I don't I wouldn't worry about matching up. I would just worry about catch, tackle, catch, tackle. That's all I worry about in this football game. That does it for us here on The Love of the Star. We will be back with you guys again on Monday, reviewing what is hopefully a fourth straight uh, Cowboys win over the Rams. Until then, we will see you guys next week.